Part 2A Anatomy The unchanging upper and lower bony vertebral rings holding relevant roots, upper egg exiting and lower traversing entering, and important contents as segmental artery and draining veins and changing soft tissue middle ring are the upper and lower and middle zones respectively. The ligamentum flavum and disc and facet changes at their margins in middle soft tissue ring area form the symptom-causing interface. All three walls of soft tissue ring and borders with upper and lower zones change. They can be accessed through foramen without bony ring breaking. We concentrate on middle ring in our philosophy and concept for stenosis treated by transforaminal stitchless axis under local anesthesia. One axis can lead to all symptom-causing changes. Here we will talk about basic anatomy of the lumbar canal its walls and contents, dynamic anatomy, and change in wall anatomy around nerves intra and extrathecal due to degeneration that gives us symptom generators in stenosis. Let us start with central canal. Dural sac is connected with intracranial dura mater via the foramen magnum and extends over the entire length of spinal canal, ends in tapering cul-de-sac, usually at upper third of S to body. The subarachnoid space between the arachnoid membrane and the pia mater is filled with cerebrospinal fluid or CSF, which bathes the spinal cord and nerve roots, and is in communication with the intracranial CSF spaces. In the recumbent position of the body, the conus medullaries may be seen to sink to the dependent portion of the spinal canal. Conus and cauda equina will float inside dural sac if the specific gravity of CSF is sufficiently increased or by posture. Our basic imaging on MRI is in supine position so coda is seen dorsal in canal in cross sections and traversing roots are seen travelling from roof of the canal to infradiscal ventral entry site of root canal. X. The lumbosacral coda equina nerve roots originate in conus medullaries at L1 to level. They are free and mobile inside the sac. Only area where they are immobile is infradiscally at entry to root canal and along the root canal that is peripedicular. A sensory dorsal and motor ventral nerve root comes together in the lateral region of the sac, exits in dural root sleeve. The sleeve contains CSF and departs from the dural sac at every vertebral segment. Outside the thecal sac root, in sleeve travels, then iron root canal. At the termination of the root sleeve, the roots divide into a number of fascicles. The sensory fascicles merge into the dorsal root ganglion, and the motor fascicles blend, distal to the dorsal root ganglion, as the mixed spinal nerve is formed, the ventral ramus of which goes on to become part of the lumbosacral plexus. The dorsal ramus provides innervation of local spinal structures, mainly facet. The level of root sleeve departure is variable. At L4, 5 the axilla or origin of root sleeve is located higher at level of L5 upper end plate and at L5 S1 above disc level in majority of cases. This location is important for central canal stenosis. Axilla here can be compressed by subarticular and medial facet face ligamentum flavin. 
Position of end of dural sac will lead to different departure level of the root sleeves relative to the disc. This relationship of the axilla and the sleeve to fixed area in root canal affects the mobility of the intradural nerve root at the level of the intervertebral disc and facet joint and thus the ability of the nerve root to resist compression at middle zone levels in central canal. The interradicular middle segment of the sac can be stretched and compressed by pincer of the posterolateral facet with changing ligamentum flavum causing claudication. The length of the root sleeve visible at MRI myelography is variable from almost non-existent to 5 mm or more in length. L5 root passes under L5 pedicle to emerge from the L5 S1 foramen as fifth lumbar nerve. S1 nerve exits the sacral canal via the first sacral foramen. Each intervertebral disc is anatomically related to two nerve roots and each nerve passes to intervertebral discs, one traversed within the spinal canal when the root is emerging from the dural sac and the next disc being passed further caudally when the nerve exits intervertebral foramen. CC walls Bony rings alternate with rings of soft tissue structures which line the walls of the spinal canal. Soft tissue ring is tilted or oblique. Front is superior and back is sloping down with posterior part of bony ring that is also sloping down. The anterior wall consists of the vertebral body and intervertebral disc covered by the PLL. Posteriorly, it is the lamina an interspinous ligament blending with ligamentum flavum that continues upwards, ventrolateral as the facet joint capsule, and in 68% further outwards in foramen, and then as intertransverse ligament. These structures disc, facet margins, and ligamentum change, generating symptoms. Between bony walls and the dural sac, epidural space surrounding the dural sac contains fat, ligaments, and venous plexus may be a part of paradural membrane. The epidural fat is variable. In lumbar region fat is collected dorsal to the dural sac at the interlaminar disc level. It acts to smoothen posterior wall of canal, which has irregular bony and ligamentous contour. The fat acts as a lubricant in movement of the dural sac relative to walls of canal. At LS junction dural sac moves dorsally to lie against posterior wall of canal and main collection of fat is ventral to dural sac. The posterior longitudinal ligament, PLL, looks like a cross. It has a broad bilateral attachment to dorsal annulus and adjacent end plates and a strip behind the vertebral body, to which it is attached by sagittal septum. Sagittal septum connects the PLL to the vertebral body. The PLL has paradural membrane, PM, lying anterior to it and attaching to the pedicles. PM was first described by Fick in 1904 and named by Dominus in 1975. It is a continuous, delicate epidural membrane in the dorsal spinal canal consisting of two extremely thin fibrous layers enveloping a single layer of veins. Ventrally, a facile membrane covers entire longitudinal space between intervertebral discs. Both membranes continue into periradicular sheaths surrounding the nerve roots, extending out through the intervertebral foramina. 
It may be involved in development of low back pain and flow of neuraxial medication. The peridural membrane is distinctive and important in the spinal canal. It has high collagen to elastin ratio and is tightly packed to form a protective layer around spinal cord, minimizing the compressive nature of disc herniation. From the section of the PLL behind the vertebral body, thin translucent membranes extend bilaterally to insert at the lateral walls of the spinal canal to form anterior epidural space containing epidural venous plexus, separate from the rest of the epidural space. Other extradural ligamentous connections include one between the dural sac and nerve root sleeves to between walls of spinal canal, PLLs and facet capsule. There are meningovertebral ligaments, especially in the lumbar region, fixing the dural sac to the spinal canal and the PLL also immobilizing the emerging nerve root sleeves in the anterior part of the spinal canal and the foramen. Cardiocranial movement of the dural cul-de-sac of up to 25 mm is possible in some, during flexion, extension of the lumbar spine. Degree to which the dural sac and root sleeves are fixed to bony and ligamentous structures is variable and changes in stenosis. This fixation may add to symptoms. The LIGMENTUM flavum covers posterior wall. It continues laterally under facet capsule further towards upper pedicle and then outside foramen as intertransverse ligament. Ligamentum tissue at tip of SAP, on medial face of facet or at edge, and at lower pole of IAP are contiguous and continue out of foramen as intertransverse ligament. In midline, they remain to separate slips. Ligamentum flavum is considered separately. The anterior epidural veins, Batson's plexus, are located anterior to the dural sac. This valveless venous plexus is usually more prominent at L5-S1. The midline component lies in the anterior epidural space to drain vertebral body via the basovertebral vein. Lateral parts give rise to foraminal veins that connect with ascending lumbar veins outside the vertebral column. Each intervertebral foramen contains one or two veins and dorsal root ganglion in upper part surrounded by foraminal fat which is continuous with the epidural fat within the spinal canal as well as the paravertebral fat outside. LC the intervertebral foramen upper and middle zone, lateral canal upper and mid part is between pedicular borders of adjacent vertebrae, anteriorly bound by posterior surface of vertebral body and intervertebral disc and posteriorly by articular processes and their covering ligaments. There are significant differences between the upper and the lower lumbar foramina. At the L1 and L2 levels the pedicle attaches to the posterior aspect of the vertebral bodies oriented anteroposteriorly, giving a sagittally oriented foramen. At the lower lumbar it resembles a canal than a foramen, as pedicle is more obliquely oriented in the coronal as well as the axial plane. The shape and dimensions of the foramina are also influenced by the presence of disc pathology. In normal discs, foramina are round or oval in shape. In degenerative disc, there is AP narrowing of the lower foramen and formation of a soft tissue lateral recess at infradiscal level.
by bulging of the annulus fibrosus and enlargement of tissue over superior articular process. In degenerated discs, teardrop-shaped foramina are common. LC the lateral recess lower zone of the spinal canal, lower part of lateral canal, is composed of a cephalad ligamentus, mentioned above, and corded bony portion. The ligamentous lateral recess is located more cranially is formed anteriorly by the disc surface and posteriorly by the facet joint capsule. Laterally, the lower foramen notch often narrowed by disc bulging and facet and flavel hypertrophy, with the exit filled in by ligamentous strands so that a true ligamentous lateral recess is formed. The bony lateral recess is located distal to this at the pedicular level and is formed by the dorsal surface of the vertebral body anteriorly, by the superior articular process and pole of inferior articular process posteriorly and the pedicularly. Image three parts of lateral recess and root canal. Here we have three part lateral recess soft, hard, buffer zone. Lateral recess. Radicular canal or nerve root canal is formed in the lateral part of the spinal canal of the lower lumbar vertebrae. This canal has been subdivided into three parts, immediately below and retrodiscal, corresponding to the ligamentous lateral recess mentioned above, parapedicular, corresponding to the bony lateral recess, and later along the course is foraminal. Some refer and add a little more distal locationally overlapping canal, entrance zone at upper bony lateral recess, a midzone caudally under the pars interarticularis, and a foraminal zone as exiting part. All these descriptions are clinically important, and this is where most symptoms are generated as root is immobile, protected by bony wall of THE canal, and has DRG in later distal part, and distally continues in foraminal part as exiting root. L5 nerve extraframinal root canal. All spinal roots are ONLY fixed in their cores in root canal in their journey from conus, then as coda, and finally as exiting root. But the anatomy of the L5 root canal is unique. L5 roots and nerve are susceptible to compression in added distal and lateral locations as this root canal is longer and runs oblique anterior angle than the rest of the lumbar root canals. Lateral recess of L5 vertebra is deepest laterally and narrowest. After leaving the lateral recess, the L5 root and dural root sleeve continue along the L5 root canal by wrapping around the posterior and lateral aspect of the L5 vertebral body. The ventral and dorsal roots continue around the posterolateral aspect of the L5 disc and unite to form the spinal nerve. The L5 nerve is largest of lumbar nerves, exits lateral border of smallest, L5, foramen. The ventral L5 is given off at the most lateral aspect of the foramen and then passes along a depression on the front of the sacral ala. It is bounded anterosuperiorly by the corporotransverse, CTL, ligament. Additionally inferior band of the iliolumbar ligament or lumbosacral ligament, LSL, goes from vertebral body and TP of L5 to ala of the sacrum. 
CTL and the LSL extend the osteoligomentous canal of the L5 root canal. Inferior to the LSL, a branch of the ventral L4 joins the ventral L5 to form the lumbosacral trunk. Dynamic anatomy, change with posture. Or any significant feature of stenosis causing claudication is its preference to specific posture increasing its severity. Spinal canal consists of alternating bony vertebral and ligamentous intervertebral rings. Flexion to extension and vice versa induces effects upon canal and its contents in normal individuals seen mainly in the ligamentous intervertebral disc region. Some change in the dimensions of the intervertebral foramina are seen. At particular, infradiscal lateral recess, level canal is bordered by bony structures and no effects of movement are seen. These can be exaggerated in narrow central canal and cause compression of coda equina or laterally individual nerve roots. Imaging in the upright posture, at rest shows marginally narrow spinal canal and nerve root compression that is not visible in recumbent pose. Central canal middle zone, inflection extension dorsal vertebral end plates come together and annulus fibrosus bulges backward into the spinal canal by 1 to mm. The laminae and spinous processes also come together more because they are distant from the center of rotation. The interspinous ligaments, flavor ligaments and facet joint capsules dorsolateral to the spinal canal bulge into spinal canal in extension not more than 1 mm. Extension causes concentric narrowing or decrease in cross-sectional area of the spinal canal at the ligamentous disc level. Under normal conditions, this is insufficient to cause compression of the dural sac. Result capacity of the spinal canal is greater at L5-S1 than at higher levels due to end of sac or smaller dural sac and larger spinal canal and abundant compressible and valveless anterior epidural veins. Intervertebral foramen, upper zone, in lumbar extension, the articular processes forming the facets slide over one another at tip SAP and lower pole IAP and the pedicles come together and this results in decrease in foraminal dimensions. A cadaver study showed an increase in sagittal area of the lumbar foramen by 11.8% in flexion and a decrease by 15.3% in extension. Lateral recess, lower zone, the ligamentous lateral recess at the intervertebral disc level is significantly narrowed in extension when the posterior annulus fibrosus bulges backward against the articular process and the facet joint capsule causing compression of the passing root sleeves. This occurs most frequently al L4, 5 and L5, S1 in case of marked S1 facet hypertrophy. Further caudal bony lateral recess is located at the vertebral pedicular level and is not affected by flexion, extension movements. Contents Epidural fat, retrodural fat pads fill interlaminar space between sac and interspinous ligaments. It is incompressible. In lumbar extension being incompressible it bulges against posterior dural surface, reducing space available for dural sac. Dural sac and epidural veins, extension causes compression 
and reduction of cross-sectional area sac at ligamentous disc level and a rise in CSF pressure. Being elastic sac can also bulge. Extension compression at disc level is balanced by bulging in anterior epidural space behind concave vertebral body. This area has valveless venous plexus that is compressible so acts as pressure stabilizer in extension compressed by ligaments and dural sac, blood being displaced to veins outside spinal canal. In flexion it is reversed, venous system expands as blood from outside the spinal canal is drawn in. Flexion extension causes movement of dural sac to millimeters to 25 millimeters. Average mean 7.9 millimeters. Mean change in bony lumbar spinal canal from L3 to S1 is 16.5 millimeters. Ligamentous attachments of the dural sac and root sleeves to walls limit mobility. Still, dural end sac is relatively mobile with respect to the spinal canal. Rotation mainly affects the subarticular root canals, which narrows due to both changes in the soft tissues and vertebral displacement. Torsion results in posterior displacement of the lateral portion of proximal vertebra and increased posterior bulging of disc on the torsion side. The upper foramen level has some change in dimensions of intervertebral foramina alone. Understanding of dynamic anatomy is posture-related changes and effects on structures that may result in thecal sac or nerve root compression and symptom generation. This narration will help us understand importance of posterolateral corners that change with flexion extension and further with degeneration. This insight is also supplemented by in vivo visualized pathonatomy during endoscopy which makes it easier to correlate symptoms, signs, images, pathonatomy, pathophysiology and in vivo imaging and confirm surgical targets. Change in ligamentum flavum in stenosis Ligamentum flavum is the only structure traversing all three zones obliquely roof, U, subarticular, M, and medial face of facet, M, and is sparse over IAP lower pole, N. One of the significant reasons for changes and rethink about stenosis is new information on anatomy of ligamentum flavum. I published my rethink needed. Understanding of ligamentum flavum has changed with new 3D fusion imaging. One change is about its lateral subarticular part and subpars roof of upper foramen part. Subarticular part of ligament is important in central canal stenosis and suppers in foraminal stenosis. This I is significant. This area is the key area that compresses the axilla depending on its location at L45 or L5-S1, and we need to appreciate that this is the area that is at narrowest point in canal in sagittal or cross-sectional plane. The lamina slopes down and up from here. Compression in central canal is not dorsal posterior midline structure related but posterolateral ligamentum flavum cover of facet edge and inner facet wall acting like jaws of a pincer on cylindrical dural sac and its contents. Changes in this part contribute immensely to central stenosis. Question is can I transferaminally access and act on this? Yes. 
To coronal facet inclination is more involved as cause in stenosis than sagittal. A coronal facet makes transforaminal axis easy, but reaching medial wall of facet after undercutting ventral facet little more difficult. Unilateral symptoms are seen commonly due to compression of traversing root at root canal entry ventrally at floor of infradiscal area AND in bilateral symptoms. Concern may be coda equina in jaws of pincer facet. 3. In studies of ligament, we see ABC types. A is only interlaminal B is interlaminal plus subarticular C is where it extends laterally up to upper pedicle where anatomically ligament C type is seen in 68% patients. 4. Ventral dissection by Okuda describes 5 types of ligamentum anatomy and how it causes compressive neural symptoms in foramen roof, lateral ligament and central canal, subarticular on edge of the facet and medial part on medial facet wall. This is a rare ventral study of the ligamentum flavum, only so in a large pool of literature. Five lateral parts of the ligament are mainly covering tip of SAP and suppers and are unknown to traditional surgery as it is in hidden zone of MACNAP. Six affected root and shape, location and pathology of the LF is difficult to see in hidden zone of MACNAP and the far-out zone by Wilts using routine imaging methods. Seven ligamentum flavum can be seen well all along its course in a coronal oblique view. This modality of coronal oblique imaging is available to all MRI setups using SI joint imaging protocols. It cannot be highlighted with radio-opaque dye. 8. If we have long-standing compression of roots, preoperative presence of continued numbness or motor deficit as foot drop is a bad prognostic sign. It is associated with residual leg pain numbness and gait disturbance even after intervention. Nine ligamentum in central canal roof is attached to ventral surface of upper lamina and to slips on upper edge or border and not under lower lamina. The deeper of the two lower slips may be more symptom generating due to its likely closeness, unproven, to neurovascular tissue. 10. Some anatomical reports deny presence of ligamentum flavum in lower lateral risses. So much has been written about ligamentum flavum, but so little is known to traditionalists. That is why all discussions in open surgery only center on medial facet removal etc. to expose traversing root at infradiscal edge. It is even not proven that ligamentum flavum in this area contributes more to symptoms of claudication in ALL patients and whether it is present absent in this area. We must visualize it better in understanding and to be effective in solving claudication. Pathophysiology W.R.T changes seen unseen. INC is intermittent neurogenic claudication, LCS is lumbar canal stenosis. The blood supply of the coda equina mainly depends on the descending proximal radicular arteries. Mechanical deformation or a circulatory disturbance plays role in the pathogenesis of INC with LCS. Radicular arteries running along each nerve root in the coda equina receive blood flow from both the proximal direction and the periphery, and there is a watershed region in the radicular artery 
at the point where the root filaments form bundles. There are multiple postulates about symptom generation. Blau and Locke postulated that INC might be evoked by ischemic neuritis of the cauda equina. Any stressed the postural changes in the spinal canal on standing. He demonstrated a myelographic block in the lordotic position, but flexion permitted the contrast medium to pass. Kavnog et al. reported that the increase of cerebrospinal fluid CSF, pressure below the blocked area might obstruct venous return and be a cause of anoxia of the cauda equina. Wolbeist found enlargement of the epidural venous plexus during decompression of LCS. Kobayashi et al. reported an ischemic model involving blockade of the thoracic aorta and a venous congestion model involving blockade of the inferior vena cava in dogs. In the ischemic model maintenance of the blood nerve barrier, but venous congestion model, the blood nerve barrier was broken, and there was extravasation and edema in the nerve root. Obstruction of thick walls and a high-pressure arterial system does not precede obstruction of the venous system. Takashi et al. found that the epidural pressure is only 15 to 18 mm Hg during lumbar flexion in LCS patients but 80 to 100 mm Hg during lumbar extension. Epidural pressure increases 10 to 30 mm Hg with walking, and the patient then stops walking because of leg pain. Iqua et al. demonstrated that ectopic firing was elicited by venous stasis in a rat model of lumbar canal stenosis. All marker et al. showed that average minimum pressure in the inflated balloon compressing the nerve roots of the pig cauda equina required to stop the flow in the capillaries was 40 mm Hg. The pressure decreases immediately after walking is stopped, and leg pain then subsides. There is a repeated pattern of increasing and decreasing pressure during walking. Although, these pressure changes are not great enough to disturb arterial blood flow, but for epidural venules, 30 mm Hg is high. In congestion of the venous system, perfusion is impaired in the capillaries that directly feed the nerve roots and in the venules, producing breakdown of the blood nerve barrier. Cerebrospinal fluid is needed to transport nutrients to the cauda equina roots and toxic metabolites from the roots. In patients with short pedicles, will inevitably have a small thickle sac and may develop pre-stenosis. Development of INC in patients with LCS is related to intra-radicular edema resulting from compression caused simply by the closing of the subarachnoid space to drainage of CSF. It blocks all routes for supply of nourishment and removal of waste via the CSF and triggers chemical factors released by inflammatory cells. In disc herniations, pathophysiological spontaneous resorption of herniation may result in same conditions around nerve roots and result in entrapment radiculopathy or tethering of root. Now that we know venous congestion may be the cause to start with in causing claudication, location of this change is likely to be where the veins and roots are. This is entry and exit of the root canal namely in lower and upper bony rings zone borders. In case of central canal initially depending on size of the canal and buffer of fat and CSF, 
symptoms may not arise, but over time, as the pincer of facet walls builds up posterolateral to thecal sac middle zone symptoms will worsen and then progress further partly compensated by posture, but not relieved unless compressing factor is corrected.